Take your Bible, please, for just a moment. Mark chapter number 10 tonight. In your Bible, Mark chapter number 10. Boy, okay, I already got somebody saying amen to me. That said a word. Praise the Lord. We're training them young. All right. Great day in the morning. Kay Bracken asked me a while ago, are you preaching tonight? I said, no. She said, good, I'm staying. I don't know why she'd say that. She's been my friend up until tonight, all these many years. Someone has said that a rut is a grave with both ends kicked out of it. Do you know anybody gets up the same time every morning, eats the same breakfast every morning, washes the same ugly face every morning? Gets in the same car every morning, same time. Go same place every morning. Does same thing every morning. Comes home and evening, same thing. Comes in, sits down. Wife waits on him, hand and foot. Makes his tea. Watch same TV programs. Go to bed same time. Does the same thing next day. Sounds exciting to me. Spice of life. Have you ever got a rut? Well, let's just dig a ditch tonight. That means both ends out of that rut's gone. Take your Bible to Luke to the book of Mark, chapter number ten. And I, I don't know, but uh, I habitually find myself habitually doing the same thing habitually. Is anybody here like that? Of course, I was raised that way. My daddy ate the same kind of eggs every morning at the same time every morning all, all my life. Scrambled, sawmill gravy, 40 weight. Biscuits, country ham. He was suffering for Jesus. Same thing every morning. Same thing. Have you ever just got stuck doing the same thing every day? I mean, just the same thing. Verse 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. When he heard that uh, it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called, and they called the blind man, said him, Be of good comfort, arise, he calleth thee. He cast it away, his garment rose, and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto them, What wilt thou that I should do for thee unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. 
Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Every day for years he said at the same place. Every day at the same place he said the same thing. Every day he said at the same place, said the same thing, and saw the same people come by. Every day, every day, a repetition of the day before. What are you going to do tomorrow? The same as I did yesterday. Well, what about next week? Got an appointment at the same place to see the same people, to say the same thing the same way I have been doing it for years. Bartimaeus found himself in a rut, doing the same thing, the same way, every day of his life. I just wonder maybe if some of us do not need to hear a sermon like this about once every two or three months. Because it is possible that there's some folks here this morning, this evening, that eats the same thing every morning. Drinks the same thing every morning. Gets to the car the same time every morning. Passes the same police. Sitting at the same place with a radar gun every morning. Know exactly where that booger is, right? Could it be possible tonight that God's people would ever fall into a rut? Fall into a rut may be a, a spiritual rut. Just stuck. Don't have time to pray. Don't have time to read our Bible. Don't have time to be faithful to church. We just, we're just Christian. We're just, we're just stuck. Now I don't know one here tonight would ever be too busy to read the Bible on a regular basis. I, I know no one here tonight would ever be too busy to pray. I, I know nobody here tonight could just fall into a rut and the Christianity become cold and indifferent and just an habitual thing that we do because, well, we're supposed to go to church on Sunday, supposed to go to church on Wednesday, supposed to go to church on Sunday night, three to thrive, and we're here every week, and we're as dry as last week's grave. It's easy to fall into a rut spiritually. I don't know if anybody tonight would be in a rut emotionally. Nervous, worried, guilty. Don't know how things going to end up. Don't know where we're going. I don't know anybody, whatever. Just be an old, old-fashioned old worry wart. You know anybody like that? Huh? Did you ever worry because you didn't have anything to worry about? After all, we got to help God along the way. Amen. We just cannot just act like everything's okay. Why, we, none of us would ever fall in a worry rut, would we? Nah, not us. We live by faith. And we will not fall into an emotional rut or a physical rut, eating the same thing. I, I, my wife, she, she's a spice of life. Son, there's no telling what she serves me. And I'm afraid to ask, honestly. So the day she come in with some little white paper, little white powder, and said, honey, would you, would you taste this? I said, sure. I taste it. I said, I think it's baby, I mean baking soda. She said, well, I thought it was rat poison. I'm sorry. <laughs> Watch it. You're that close to the altar, so I'm going to give an invitation to me. So, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. 
You know what I'm talking about. Bless the Lord. Uh, a rut, you just get plumb bored to death with this thing called Christianity if you're not real careful. Uh, if you're not careful, you'll just get in a rut, and pretty soon you'll get discouraged and despondent, and you won't need to go to church because it's not helping you. Hey, you don't come to church uh, to keep you in church. You read your Bible, and you pray, and you seek a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's what keeps you in church, and that's what keeps you on fire for God. Now, no one would get it, get 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 in a rut uh, uh, physically, eating and dressing the same way, and lazing around. And I don't want to get in a domestic rut because, dear God, once she said, "I'll try, and you'll try." You're married forever, so let's not work at it. Let, let's, let's be kinder to the lady down at the job than we are to our wife. I, I tell you what, let's listen to the ladies down at the job more than we listen to our wife. Now, I know no one would fall in a domestic rut and come in at a certain time, flip the changer at a certain place, and sit there and ignore one another until the news, then it's time to go to bed. I don't know if anybody would do that. No, sir. Won't you turn the television off and tell her how pretty she is? Because I can't do that. Why? All men are liars. I don't know what would fall into a domestic rut. Oh, now I've got him. I'm just going to, I'm just going to hang loose and have a good time. Oh, yeah, you'll hang loose, all right, but you won't have no good time. What's wrong with just breaking out of that stinking rut? Find something nice for her. Take her someplace nice to eat. Dairy Queen. Have a good special on, uh, especially at noon. Uh, we love, what do we love up there? Nothing, right? Nothing. We'll just take her to Dairy Queen, get some water, and sit across the table and look at one another. And lie to one another for a while. But just, uh, do you ever fall into a domestic rut and you just neglect one another on a regular basis all because you're married? Huh? Why don't you just try a little harder? Why don't you just get up a little earlier? Why don't you just uh, think a little bit? And no one I know would ever fall into a domestic rut or maybe a church rut, cold, dead, fall into our pew, can't hardly wait till the last day, man. Answer that. I'm expecting a call right now. Just, yep. Well, it's two minutes late. Domestic rut. Spiritual rut. Just come to church to come to church. Man, come to church to serve. Come to church because you love the Lord. Come to church because you're excited. Come to church because you want to see what's happening next. Come to church, bless your heart, and participate in. And if our church is in a rut, uh, tell us. I guarantee you, Brother Sean, he's part of the armed services that will get you out of a rut. Amen. Did you see expression on his face a while ago when I asked him what branch of the service the money brings? That knocked him out of his rut. <laughs> if there's blood on my head tomorrow, it is not my blood. It's his habitual rut. Can't quit. That's what caused addiction. I wonder if there's any, 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 possible, any possible way tonight that maybe we could find ourselves like blind Bartimaeus.
doing the same thing, the same way, same place, same time, same thing, every single day. And somebody said, that's the way I like it. Well, a rut's nothing but a grave. End tucked up. That's the best way for a Christian to die spiritually. That's the best way for a home to collapse emotionally. That's the best way for you to lose your vim and vigor is to get in a rut and quit living the spice of life. Is it possible that we form these ruts that we're in only to allow them to eventually, watch this, control us? We start controlling our ruts until we have got it so deep and grooved within our being that we cannot get out. That's what they call addiction. A eating habit. A drinking habit. A conversation habit. All of these things, if we're not really, really cautious... We will start them one at a time until eventually they are in control of our life. For instance, how many folks ever started smoking cigarettes that enjoyed the first one? Don't raise your hand because I know you're a liar. Probably more than likely, if you smoke today, the first one made you sick. Dizzy and woozy. You want to know some ore habits that we get into and more ruts we get into? And the more we do them, the deeper it gets and the more difficult it is to get out. Now, let me tell you something. I am not going to allow a rut to control my life. Not on your life. Not on your life. Now, I want to give you about, uh, I'm going to do this in 20 minutes. You say, you can't even say your name in 20 minutes. Boogie and Woofer. Oh, did I mess it up? Watch this. Let me show you how to get out of one. At 76, do you think maybe I've dug a few ruts in my life? What you laughing about, John? I didn't even go to any. At your age, do you think maybe you had some ruts that you fell into? And, and subconsciously now you, you just caught yourself in the same thing, doing the same way, and the life has lost the excitement, and Christianity has lost its vim, and that's just, we just go down to church because, uh, dear God, the Cowboys are playing, but I'm going anyhow because uh, I love the Lord. But you better hurry, preacher. Why? Some of you guys are watching it already. You got your verse, I know that. Almost impossible to get out of a rut because a rut begins with an attitude. It proceeds with an action and it climaxes with an addiction every single time. Every single time. But I'm going to give you Blind Bartimaeus Avenue out of a rut. It'll work every single time, if you would, please. I talk to folks daily who tell me I seem to be in a rut and I just can't get out of the rut. 
Notice, if you would, please. Look at her text. Let me give you about five or six things quickly. Now, my wife, she'll fix me the same thing every morning. She'll get in my truck. She'll meet me at my truck. She'll lean through the window, not to kiss me, but say, did you brush your teeth? No, not really. But she'll have a little little plate, have the same thing on it for me to eat on the way to church. Same thing. That way. Healthy. Tarzan. Same thing. Sometimes I eat it and stop up at Quick Willie's number 16 and top it off with one of them, what is them things they cook into there? Burritos? Jim, what are those? Yeah, Jim knows why his face is already red. He's back sitting right now. He's staying back. My wife cooks me that healthy stuff and I eat it. Honest, I do. But you got to chase it with something every once in a while. Huh? You just got to chase it with something. Amen. Huh? Right? Don't lose the excitement of gizzards that's been under that heat lamp for three days. Don't do it. Go buy them. Work every time. It shows you. Watch this. Blind Bartimaeus. Sitting at the same place, doing the same thing, limited to what he could do. Sitting there blind as he could be and doing the same thing and found himself in a rut as sure as the world. Notice what he did. First of all, look in your Bible, if you would please, at verse 47. He took responsibility for his own life. Verse 47. The Bible said, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He did not send somebody else after Jesus. He did not sit there and say, well, this has been working for so long. He did not say, God knows my condition in one of these days and God's due time. He'll fix it up. I know that. I'm praying about it. He did not try to cop out. He said, I am blind, and if I don't do something right now, I'm going to stay blind the rest of my life. Try that. Try taking responsibility for your own situation. Quit playing the blame game. I stopped at McDonald's the other day and bought coffee. Hit a bump and spilled it on my leg. I've got a third degree burn now on my leg. It's all McDonald's fault. They should not cook their coffee. They should just give me the bean and let me chew on it for a while. Amen, amen, and amen. We can always find a reason why it's somebody else's fault. It's mom and daddy's fault. 
It's the teenager's fault. It's the government's fault. It's got to be Obama's fault. It's everybody's fault. But let me tell you something. If you want to be happy, you want to serve God, and you want to do what God wants you to do, you want to hear God say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Get off your do-nothing. Quit blaming everybody in the world and take responsibility for your own life. If you don't like what your wife is cooking, go buy something. And don't blame her. Tell her, honey, what you're cooking is wonderful. But I don't like it. Is anything wrong with not liking something? Do I have to like everything? Thank you. My wife don't like everything that I do. If you don't believe it, look at her face right now. But we are going to have to quit blaming everybody in the world. Dear God, those crazy cigarette-making people have given people cancer for all these years. It's got to be the tobacco crowd. That's what gives you lung cancer. It couldn't be the sucker and the blower that's sucking and the blowing on the cigarette. It could not be your fault. It's got to be uh, maybe wheelbarrow or Marlboro or cool. Ain't so cool having lung cancer, is it? Well, it's got to be somebody's fault. Couldn't be our fault. Somebody else needs to take the responsibility. In a rut, are you? It's everybody else's fault. It's the parents' fault. Preacher's fault. The policeman's fault. The judge's fault. You know why people have jail records, don't you? Police picked them up. You know why my family's bought every stop sign in Joshua? They shouldn't have put them stop signs there. Dear God, we know what we're doing. Cost a lot of gas to stop and start. If you just roll right through them suckers, don't cost near as much gas. Amen. Huh? And them dumb cameras. It's got to be the camera's fault. Had a glitch in it when I went through. Sure. Anybody's fault? Huh? Well, they changed the test. They actually give me a test and they give me the cheat sheet. How do they expect me to pass school if they don't give me cheat sheets? And then they change the cheat sheet. God knows we shouldn't have studied. They should all... Just automatically slide on through. Listen, did you ever find yourself in a rut? And it's everybody else's fault but ours. Come on now. The first thing Brian Bartimaeus did is he saw Jesus come down the street. He didn't care what the crowd thought. He didn't care what mom and daddy thought. 
He didn't care what anybody else thought. He said, it's my responsibility. I'm the one that's blind. I'm the one that's sitting here. I'm the one that's limited. I'm the one that's not winning. It's my responsibility to act. If you're tired of being in a rut, take responsibility for your life. Number two, believe you can change. Verse 51. Verse 51. And Jesus answered and said to him, What will thou that I should do for thee? The blind man said to him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. But nothing ever going to change. He ain't going to change. They're not going to change. Preacher's not going to change. Sean's not going to change. Andrew's not going to change. Everything's just going to stay the same. I thought the Bible said, if any man be in Christ, he's what? A brand new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. The Bible said we're changed from glory to glory by the Spirit of God. Do you believe that you'd be better off if you changed? Then won't you change? Take responsibility. Turn it over to God. And allow God to do it. Legion was a hopeless case, sitting in the graveyard, naked as a jaybird, running around, uh, uh, crying with uh, vain, uh, uh, vain words and uh, ugly words, and uh, running through the graveyard. Somebody said, Oh, Legion, he ain't never going to change. He's a hopeless case. <laughs> He's in a rut. Never get out of that rut. Look at that. That weird individual. Then somebody came by the graveyard one day. Did anybody remember that? Then somebody came to the graveyard one day. His name was Jesus. And Jesus said, hey, you want to change? He said, I sure do. And he wasn't long had his clothes on and his right mind sitting at the feet of Jesus. Tardy a rut. It's your rut. You made it. That's your baby. You hatched it. Now, if you want out of it, you unhatch it. When I got saved, I was smoking, oh, maybe a half a pack a day and burning two. Well, I'd hate to do that at the price they are today, wouldn't you? See, I was in only a quarter of a pack when I was blowing them. And I got saved. Nobody ever told me I need to get, get that out of my life. Just something, just something, something told me I need to quit. You say, well, it's hard. I think it was harder to start for me than it was to stop. I must have thrown up two 55-gallon barrels trying to teach myself how to smoke. I can show you a place in Tennessee that all the honeysuckles is wore plumb out for me rolling around that ditch giving myself lung cancer. You know how you stop? Same way he started. Well, I'm asking God to help me. Why? You didn't ask him to help to start. You said, that's cruel. No, no, it's not God's responsibility. <coughs> You're in the rut. Not God. Went out of the rut. Take personal responsibility for your life. Thank you. Because in fact, uh, amen. And believe in your heart that what you're trying to do 
is worth what you do. Same with drinking. Same with pornography. Whatever rut you've dug for yourself, whatever rut we dig for ourselves, it's our personal responsibility to act on it. Take our responsibility for it and believe that God can. Number three, need to clarify what you really need. Verse 51, watch this. Jesus answered, What? And said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do for thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, just whatever you think I might need. You know what he said? Lord, you know the rod I'm in. Lord, you know what I need more than I do. That ain't what he did. What do you need? Tell God what you need. You say, that's embarrassing. Then quit it. Just quit it. Clarify to God and yourself what you need. Lord, I want to have this stinking rut. What rut is that? You know what I did? Tell God. <laughs> it might be a coffin rut. Enjoy it. Clarify your need. Let me give you this one. <laughs> Jot it down. Stop worrying about what everybody else is thinking. <coughs> Verse 48. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. We don't want justice. What we need is mercy. We're all just sinners saved by grace, man. We've all dug our own ruts. Maybe some of ours is deeper than others. Maybe some of ours is not near as religious as others. But you put her down. Everybody has got a rut they fell into. But I want you to know, until I take responsibility for my life, and I believe that God can change me, and I am honest with God, and I can tell Him what I really need, if I need to be saved, I need to share that with the Lord. Lord, uh, I don't need to be a disciple until I've been saved. I don't need to set to Joshua Baptist Church a discipleship program to try to change my uniform. I need a change of heart. We need to clarify what we really need. And some have been saved and, God forbid, have not been baptized. 
have not been baptized. You say, well, that's not a big deal, according to who you're talking to. It was a big deal with Jesus. You know why Jesus was baptized? Not so he could go to heaven. No scabbish sin washed away. There was no sin there. Jesus is baptized to fulfill all righteousness. And until you are baptized, there will be a vacant place in your life. There will be a vacant place spiritually in your life. You go through your life not having the assurance of your salvation and doubting and doubting and doubting because you have not fulfilled all righteousness in your life. And God knows. Don't tell God you need to go through a discipleship class until you have first been saved and baptized. Clarify to the Lord what you need. Maybe you need to clarify yourself what you need first. And then heavens to Betsy. Stop worrying what the people say about you. And I'll need to share this with you. I've got four minutes and we'll be. Huh? You don't believe that, do you? You've fallen into that rut. Do sure have. Thirty years you taking you to get into the rut thinking I'm going to preach all night. What's this? Stop waiting for ideal circumstances. Well, if you're raised on a farm, you probably know what I'm thinking to say. Well, I'll do it when I get my crops laid by. When I get all the hoeing done and all the weeds out and the fertilizer done, I'll just get around to it when I get my crops laid by. You know, when you get your 401k. You know, when you get all your ducks in a row. You know, when folk won't think you're fanatic. You know, we'll just wait till the circumstances are ideal. Less embarrassing Certain people won't be there to know that I've dug a rut for myself. A gossiping rut. A cliquish rut in our church. You know that you got to be on the society side of life to join certain little cliques in our church. You say, well, our church don't have cliques. No, no. You're just in it, that's all. You can't see it. You've got a rut. Huh? Amen. I mean, everybody around you ought to have the same privileges. Huh? Everybody ought to have the same privileges. Amen. But I tell you, if you're not careful, we'll wait until the circumstances is perfect. Then we'll be baptized. Then we'll walk down and get saved. Then we'll start Tithing. Tithe. Tithe. I bet you never thought you'd hear me say that word again. Tithe. Tithe. God knows. If you're not careful, you'll convince yourself that God don't need your meager little money. But what you've got to realize, that's why your money's meager. Amen. Somebody hear me say amen. This Sunday night crowd's going to, going to the dogs. I've talked to Andrew about this Sunday night crowd. They, they ain't saying amen like they used to. 
Stop waiting till everything is just like you want it. Before you take charge of your life, before you recognize what you really need, and before you worry about what everybody's saying. And I want this. Look at verse 50. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. What's wrong with a Christian doing something bold and dramatic? Just doing something that would rid you of the crazy hindrance that's keeping you in your rut. Some need to dump some friends that are really not friends. That is a hindrance to your walk with the Lord. Some of you just need to dump some friends. But I've got news. If you start living right, you wouldn't have to dump them. They'll dump you. You start living right, you start talking right, you start doing right, you start thinking right, and you won't have to worry about dumping your friends. Your friends will dump you. And if you're worried too much about what they think, then you need to get some things right with God. You just dug yourself a hole. We just, some of us need to, uh, now be careful, change jobs. Your job, your occupation, ought to help in your Christianity. Well, I've got a lot of experience in my job. Well, that's what ruts are. Boy, it got quiet that trip, didn't it? Maybe we ought to go. Oh, I knew what happened. I went one minute too long, and that's why that jumped up. But some of you, your job is what's keeping you in your rut. And I've got news for you. That job's not going to do one thing for you in heaven. You say, what about eating? That is a good habit to get into. Some of you need to change your haunts. Some of us need to change our hobbies. Some of us need to change our literature, and some of us need to throw the phone away. The biggest rut I can see is the unnecessary use of a cell phone. Unnecessary use. Unnecessary use. Addictive. How do you feel when you forget it someplace? Oh, I might forget my feet, but I won't forget my phone. That's how you run a good sermon, right there. Hmm? We get in a rut. It may be a media rut. Hmm? You say, well, I got in it. I'm going to stay in it. Yeah, I know. You can handle that job all by yourself. And they keep robbing you 
things of the Lord. Time with your family. Time with your kids. Time with your grandkids. Time with your husband. Time with your wife. All because we're looking at a glass screen learning how to spell Google. Of course, I got it now. I got Siri. She can spell Google for me if I could ever find her. The trouble with Siri, my Siri talks like she's from England. <laughs> Recalculating. Do you think maybe we need to recalculate tonight? Come on now. Some of you, I made you mad, not on purpose. Huh? Here's my last point. Do it now. Verse 50. Do it now. And he cast away his garment, rose, and came to Jesus. Jesus said to them, What wilt thou that I should do for thee? And the blind man said to him, Lord, that they might receive my sight. Verse 52. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight. Don't miss these last few words. Don't miss these last few words. These last few words is all there is to it. And follow Jesus in the way. And all of God's people said, huh? don't tell me you don't tell me you ever been in a wreck. You have. Because I just as guilty as everybody else. Have you ever heard this? You made your bed. You know the rest of it? Now lay it. Well, you dug your rut. Now kick both ends out. Get out of it. For the glory of God. Our Father, tonight we thank you for the Lord Jesus. We thank you for a story, an illustration, a principle. In the Word of God that shows us how easy it is to become so patterned that our life is nothing but a pattern. And Lord, pretty soon our pattern will begin to rule our life instead of us dictating to the pattern.